Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page. Well, you can see <clears throat> probably here, now the mask try to stay away from people because it's been a rough couple weeks. Um, I had COVID, um, but fortunately Megan was traveling when I had COVID, so I got to fully quarantine. The problem was Megan went off to ICOM and got the flu and brought that home. So we've just been trading bugs back and forth and just having all kinds of fun. And she's on the mend, but I told her to, to stay home. I told her if I didn't have to go preach, I'd stay home because I, I just feel like, well, like I look. Um, that's the reason why I know I need a shave and a haircut and all that kind of stuff. But when you're quarantined, those are hard to get. So, you know, it's just the way it is. But just be praying for that. Be praying for everybody that's in. The bulletin there, we've got a lot of people. We've had some good news. We've had some concerns. And so be praying for that. Be praying for Ralph. He still has about a quarter of his right lung with fluid in it. Um, you know, at, at 84, that's, that's serious. And so be praying for Ralph. He's, he's frustrated because he can't do more. But um, I've told him he needs to, for the good of, of this church and the entire community, he just needs to sit still and rest and get better and all the other kind of stuff, because we need him. Um, uh, Andrew mentioned uh, the Thanksgiving dinner coming up. If you haven't got your tickets, you want to do that. We'll have some fun that night. We'll have some worship that night. We're also going to have a couple special guests. They couldn't be here in person, so we're going to have them via Skype. Uh, Patrick and Eddie will be on, will be attending the Thanksgiving dinner, and they'll be giving us via Skype an update on what's going on in Uganda, but we're also going to try to set up mics so you guys can talk to them, tell them you're praying for them, whatever you want. So that's the, we wanted to try to get them here in person, but this is the best we could do. So if nothing else, you want to show up for Patrick and Eddie because we miss those gentlemen, don't we? And so that'll be good. I had to cancel my small group last week, obviously, because I was coming out of quarantine, um, but I plan on having it this week. We meet Tuesday nights at 630 here in the um, student center so if i'm alive and not coughing like crazy then then uh, i will be there and we will be jumping back into john and we also we kick off by playing a thing called the rotten tomatoes game and you don't have to play if you come but once you see us idiots play you'll want to play because it's a lot of fun um <clears throat> but that will be then it was funny um when Megan got home, I still had a cough and uh, still kind of dealing with that and getting winded easily and, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes along with a respiratory virus. And, and um, she got mad at me because I kept sleeping on the couch. I slept on the couch. She said, I don't want to keep you up all night coughing. And then with her flu a couple days later, she developed a cough. So then I went back to bed and we just coughed in stereo. Um, but she's on the tail end and she does what I say and and she sits next to her humidifier today and she was up this morning cleaning I said go back to bed and so but she doesn't like to sit still very long well we're going through the gospel project we're in Joshua 1 um, I can promise you this because my energy level is negative and um, 
and I can only go so long, Lord willing, without coughing up a lung that the, the sermon may stink, but it will be short because I'm, I'm leaning on this as it is. But we looked at Joshua 1, and I, I've had this question several times in the 24 years I've been preaching, which is, okay, why, why do we even have to study the Old Testament? What's the point? They don't argue it's not Scripture. It's just, yeah, but the Old Covenant was overturned. Now it's all about Jesus and our faith in Jesus and following Jesus. So why look at the Old Testament? Well, there's several reasons for that. I'm not going to get into all of them. Here's one. You need to understand that to truly understand the life of Jesus, you have to understand the story of the Old Testament. Because here's the way God works. God has a plan. God's plan is perfect. The problem is we imperfect sinners have to carry it out. And that's when things go astray. So what happens is God rescues Israel from slavery and says, you will be my people. They go through the Red Sea, which we'll talk about in a minute. They go out in the wilderness protesting for 40 years. They go into the promised land, and they're told to kick out the bad guys. And then they're to reach out to the rest of the world and show the rest of the world the one true God. That's the plan for Israel. Now, what happened is that the rescue party, Israel, ended up in need of rescue. And so, <clears throat> Jesus comes along, and I want you to think about Jesus' life. What does he do? After he's born, he's forced to flee where? Egypt. Then he comes back, and his first public, we know of, real display as an adult, is he's baptized. Do you know that when Israel came out of Egypt and they crossed, God parted the Red Seas and they crossed through it, the rabbis, the ancient rabbis, referred to that as their baptism. Then Israel goes off to be tested for 40 years. After Jesus' baptism, he goes into the wilderness to be tested for 40 days. Then Jesus comes back and he starts tossing out demons and curing illness. In other words, he starts kicking out the bad guys. And then he commissions 12. He says, you will go and reach the world and show them the one true God. Do you see what Jesus is doing? God's plan for Israel was perfect. The Israelites were not. It took a perfect Savior to carry out that plan. But the plan was perfect. And that's why you need to understand the Old Testament. In fact, <clears throat> even more of a parallel is this. Do you know that Jesus' name is not Jesus? You see, we went from Hebrew and Aramaic to Greek to Latin in translations and then to English. And along that route, it became Jesus. But Jesus' name is 
Joshua. And what was Joshua to do? To lead the people of God into the promised land. It's the same. It's the same. But you need to understand this. And I know I harp on this a lot. And if you're sick of hearing it, I apologize. But again, today, I'm going to be short. Because I'm not sure how long I can stand. What does God tell Joshua? He tells Joshua three times in that paragraph, three times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Your God is with you. Now, if following God is about getting an easier life, why would you need to be strong and courageous? Three times, he tells Joshua. He's telling Joshua, I'm going ahead of you. So your victory is assured. It's a done deal. But you must be strong and courageous. Because even though our victory, for those of us who have faith in Jesus Christ, is assured, we must still be strong and courageous because life is rough. And it's so easy to get distracted from our mission as God's people. Nothing is guaranteed, folks. Christianity does not promise you an easier life. I am a Christian, to quote our friend J. Warner Wallace, I am a Christian not because it makes life easier. I am a Christian because it is true. But this truth requires a tough life. I, it, it would be real easy, and it's happened to me before, to become a Pharisee and to look at God and go, look, I left a lucrative legal practice to come work in a small town church. I am working on a PhD, not just to have a PhD, but because I want to understand scripture better. I told you before the passes in James where it talks about preachers being judged more strictly for what they preach and teach scares the fudge and lemonade out of me. And so I want to be as accurate as I possibly can. And despite all that, and despite the fact my wife, she has three different jobs, all of them nonprofit, all of them ministry-related. All she wants to do is serve the kingdom of God. And what do we get for our efforts? COVID, flu, not immune. I wish that I had the gifts that God gave Paul, where you know somebody sick just rubs up against Paul's handkerchief and they, they all of a sudden are healed. I've tried it myself many times; hadn't worked yet. I don't have that gift. 
My wife, bless her heart. You need to understand something about Megan. One, she's never met a stranger. Two, she wants everyone to be her friend. Three, she just does not have a mean bone in her body. And she was at a conference in Florida, and she got stuck there during Hurricane Ian. Now, fortunately, she was at a resort, and those resorts are built like the Pentagon. I mean, they're just, they're really sturdy, so she was safe. And she was standing in line for breakfast, this buffet breakfast with all the other refugees who were just stuck there. And she turns around and she starts a conversation, because this is what she does. And she just asks, Are you, were you here for the conference? And the woman goes, what conference? And she explains that she's there for a Christian conference. This was several weeks ago. And this woman proceeds to rip Megan a new one. That what Christians like her are doing to this country, how terrible they are, what awful people they are, how she should be ashamed of herself. Now at this point, Megan is standing in line in front of 150 people and she is bawling. Finally, this woman relents when she says, speaking about the election, assuming my wife's politics, goes, I hope on Tuesday you people get beat so badly because I don't want your daughter to have her choices ripped away from her like they've been ripped from me. And this is when, if you know anything, my wife's been very open about this. She said, ma'am, through her tears, I can't have children. Only then did this woman apologize. This is the Christian life, folks. There are going to be people out there, especially because we live in a pagan, narcissistic culture. Our culture is becoming more and more and more narcissistic. And if you don't know what that means, it basically is a psychological term that means you think life is all about you, you have no empathy for others, and I don't know about you, but I, I stayed up Tuesday night, and I was coughing anyway, I stayed up till 3 a.m. watching the election results, and I used to work in politics, I don't do much in it anymore, but I used to work in politics for several years, and I was watching the returns coming in, I was flipping around between Fox and MSNBC and CNN and all that kind of stuff, watching people being interviewed from exit polls and stuff. Folks, this country is in a lot of trouble. And it's in a lot of trouble, not just because whichever side is in power, it's in a lot of trouble because we, the people, are becoming selfish and mean. Here is a sure sign of narcissism. You cannot stand for someone to disagree with you. Someone disagrees with you, you must not only beat them over the head, they must relent. They must, some, in some instances, they just must go away. They must disappear. You cannot exist. And for us, who have given the commission, the same mission that Israel was given, for us to be given the mission to go out and reach the nations in the name of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ only, 
means we're going to take a lot of crap. And you better be prepared for it. You better get a thick skin. And that also means if we're going to do that mission, if we're going to complete that mission, we're going to go and be what Jesus called us to be. That means we cannot allow that narcissism in our culture to infect us. And here's something I want to, I want to tell you. I, what I want for you more than anything else, to paraphrase Martin Luther, Martin Luther said that he would go to hell if Jesus was there. I don't want your faith to be based on avoiding hell. I want it to be anchored in you want to be with Jesus Christ. Because those who just want to avoid hell will not be strong and courageous. They just want their ticket punched, and they want to live as long as they can, and they want to avoid hell. And don't really care if Jesus is there or not. Those who want to be with Jesus Christ will be strong and courageous and know that God is with them. Years ago, I was at a conference, and this Irish philosopher was speaking, and I ended up having dinner with him. Um, he drank half the bar. He's Irish. Um, but anyway, and, but he, he was a fascinating guy. I didn't agree with a lot of what he had to say, but he was fascinating. And one of the things he did was he had his own tracks printed up. Do you remember these? Some of you old enough to remember chick tracks they used to hand out, right? He had his own. It's called the rapture. Now, I don't completely agree with this, but it makes an interesting point. He says in this, in this tract, God is looking down on earth, and all these people, all they're talking about, all they're focused on is the rapture. Just the rapture. All they want... They're going to to be raptured. Everyone will see them, and everyone will know that they are right, and they will be raptured off this earth. And so God says, fine. And he grants their prayers, and he raptures them into heaven. And then he looks at his angels and his disciples and said, now let us go to earth. For now I will be with my people. Do you see what he's saying? Do you want heaven or do you want Jesus? And you, you get both, but you will not be strong and courageous unless what you really want is Jesus Christ. You see, there's a great book out there by Sean McDowell about the fate of the disciples where he tracked down as much as he could all the different stories about what happened to the disciples. And tried to verify as best he could how many of them are probably based in fact. And, and you go look down the list and you see that Peter was crucified upside down. You go 
down the list and you see that I think it was either Thomas or Matthew was boiled alive. One of the others was, was run through with a spear. And they were basically all told that they would die. A horrible death. And they did it. They didn't run. Why? They had been with Jesus Christ. And they wanted to be with him again. Because they knew that only when we are with our maker, with our Lord, with our Savior, are we complete. Our nation is in crisis, and it's in crisis because of pure paganism and selfishness. It's selfishness. I'll give you two, a minor example and a major example, and then I'm going to wrap up here in a minute. If you've got kids back in the kids' ministry, you may need to give them, you may just hang out for a second. You can fight over the last donut or whatever. Here's the small example. I just, just see if you've noticed this. <clears throat> My parents raised me to be the kind of driver that if you're stopped and somebody wants out, you let them out. Now, 40 years ago, if you would do that, 30 years ago, if you would do that, 25 years ago, if you would do that, you let someone out, what do they do? What do they do? Yeah, the wave, the thank you wave, right? Now that happens to me about one out of ten times. People just go. Yep, he knows it's all about me. And they just go. No thank you, no nothing. What is that? That's narcissism. That's pure and utter narcissism. You look, the other hand, like I said, you're, watching these interviews, reading some of these interviews with voters coming out of the polls, and on both sides, wishing nothing but death and destruction on the other party. Folks, I know politics and policy is important, but first and foremost, we are Christians and then we are Americans. There are people here in this church like Gary Harrison. Gary and I probably don't agree on a single political issue, but I love the guy. He's my brother in Christ. I've thought about letting the air out of his tires on election day, but I didn't do it. And I wouldn't do it. He's going to vote his way, I'm going to vote mine, but most importantly, we're going to come together Sunday morning and worship Jesus Christ together. That's what's most important. It's all about Jesus Christ. I was as far from God as a person could be in 1996 when a doctor came in and told me you have cancer. Now, I was scared. I was 24 years old. I was 24 years old. I was in terrible shape. Back then, smoked like a stack, drank like a fish, ate nothing but junk, and the only exercise I got was coughing. 
And I thought, I am a dead man. And God got me through that, but more importantly, he saved me. And the moment the Holy Spirit brought it home, I realized when I was reading through the Gospels that when Jesus Christ is hanging on that cross, he knew before time that he would do that for me. There is no greater love. There is only one Lord. People get mad at me when I say that the Bible teaches that heaven is not supposed to be our home. The Bible teaches that there will be a new heavens and a new earth, and God will be here with his people. They don't like that. It's in Revelation. I didn't make it up. It's right there. They get mad at me because they've got this idea about streets of gold and, and halos and all this other kind of stuff, and they never mention Jesus. I don't want heaven. I want Jesus Christ. Wherever that may be. If you really want Jesus and you understand what he has done for you, you will be very bold and courageous. And our nation, our world, needs it right now. Needs for all of us to be bold and courageous. Let's pray before I pass out, won't you? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, how it shows us your plan. It was back thousands of years, your perfect plan. And even though our victory is assured, you tell your people to be bold and courageous and to go make disciples of all nations. We have a sick culture, Lord, filled with so much selfishness and hatred, hatred for one another, when your command is to love you and love each other. I pray, Heavenly Father, that this church and all of your churches, that we will be bold and courageous, and out of our love for Jesus, we will love each other, we'll be kind to each other. No matter what is said, no matter what is done, may we carry your word as the light into the darkness, because there's a lot of darkness right now. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God goes with you. I'll be laying on the couch all day, and the Bengals aren't even playing. What am I going to do? The Browns? They still play football? Oh, okay. <laughs> now, I just talked about hatred, Gary. <laughs> Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page.